Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 5 of Off the Block Swimming Podcast. This is episode number three and the final episode for 2021. Thank you all very much for downloading our show today, wherever you are right now in the world listening. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now, guys, we made it. What a crazy year 2021 has been. But we are here. It's Christmas and New Year's time and time to pop open a few bottles. Orange juice, of course, for all the kids listening out there. And it's time to celebrate. In the world of swimming, how good was 2021 with the Tokyo Olympics and the ISL and obviously the World Cup events? Uh, world you know, records galore. It's been a year for swimming, that's for sure, that I will not soon be forgetting. Uh, and what better way to finish the year off here on Off the Blocks than with the now two-time Olympic champion in the men's 100-meter breaststroke and one of the biggest names in world swimming today, Mr. Adam Peaty. Now, Adam is out promoting his new book, The Gladiator Mindset. It was an absolute treat to have him back on the show for another chat. He even sent over a few signed copies of the book. Uh, one, we will be giving away to one lucky listener of the podcast. So keep a lookout on social media for how you can get your hands on that signed copy. Also, um, you know, always a treat to have Adam on and enjoy chatting with him because despite his fame and notoriety, he remains to me very humble and continues working off some of the same principles that took him to the top many, many years ago. It's all in the book, which we're about to chat about and you're about to listen to. Make sure you go out and grab your own copy of The Gladiator Mindset. I cannot recommend it highly enough. As I said, he, he goes through all the things that took him to the top, and these are things that he's still living by today. So what better way to finish the year off here on Off the Block Swimming Podcast than with a true legend and groundbreaker of our sport, Mr. Adam Peaty. Enjoy, guys. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two show in an off the blocks return is the man who currently holds the most downloaded episode of off the blocks of all time uh he in tokyo became a two-time olympic champion in the men's 100 meter breaststroke as well as adding a gold and silver to his haul in the mixed and men's medley relays and he's just recently released his first book called the gladiator mindset and we are very very thankful that he's on today to have a chat about it mr adam Peaty, thanks mate for coming back on Thanks for having me all the way over there. Yeah, no, I know. And last time we had such horrible uh, Wi-Fi and, and it was, it was, you know, do you remember that? It was shocking. So I'm glad today is, is a great <laughs> start. We're, we're a lot more uh, in sync today. So it's good. How you been anyway? I've been great. Thank you. You? Yeah, no, very good, mate. Very good. Certainly not as busy as you. You were, you were dancing around the dance floor. Now you've got the book out and you, you're chasing around with that and doing a great job of it. And, you know, I was going to ask, since the last time we spoke, um, you know, a lot's happened. And firstly, congratulations, the release of your book. Also, congratulations on the Tokyo success. 
defending a title, as I said. Little George is now running around. Last time we spoke, he wasn't he wasn't running. So now you're on the chase on that as well. Yeah. Has this last 12 yeah. months been a bit of a whirlwind for you? It's been a whirlwind, yeah. I think um, obviously there's a lot uh, that's gone on, uh, as you've just mentioned. <laughs> but a good one. I've learned so much through this experience. Um, I've learned so much, obviously, defending, being the first British swimmer to ever defend an Olympic title. Um, and then that whole journey up into the Olympics and then post-Olympics with my own clinics and then my own, uh, I say my own, it's not my dance show, uh, with my own performances on the dance show. And then obviously uh, the book launch. So I've been busy, uh, but I like to be busy. I like to progress. And um, obviously now I'm starting to feel the water again, get back in the water, get my chest back because dancing took all my chest muscles away. So um <laughs> There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things going on, um, but good things, really good things. Yeah, well, I want to get to the book first, and you know, great title by the way. I think it suits you to a T, Gladiator Mindset. And I say that because obviously I had you on the podcast before, and I think one thing that people took away, and I mentioned it was the most downloaded, and I'm glad it was because there were so many great sort of you know takeaways bits of advice in that and when you you know i saw you were doing a book i was like fantastic because now he's getting to put all of that uh in print for people to to get out and read so it absolutely made sense how did that book idea come about and what was the writing process like for you so the book idea came about um i had some good conversations and it, this is towards the end of last year uh, around isl <clears throat> because i wanted to tell a story because the thing was swimming right um you know, you get to world championships, you get to Olympics and people know your performance, but people don't know the story. People don't know the individual's stories, uh, whether that's part down to the governing bodies, whether it's down to the, the leagues or let's say IOC Olympics, there's not enough being done to tell the story. So I took it to my own hand. This is what people you know. I want people to know about me. I could have put everything in there because of litigation pretty much, but um, that's the way it is. Maybe in the future I can, but the, um, you know, and my mindset and what, what it takes to, you know, win, what it takes to, you know, be literally a dominator, uh, any, anything you do. And the book is basically for the reader to push themselves, push their own limits, uh, achieve the impossible. It literally says it on the front cover and, yeah. and, and what they can take away from it. And I've already had so many people saying, look, uh, I'm going through an injury. I'm going through a bad time. This has just been so inspiring and, now, that's not to plug my own finger. That's just yeah. what people are, are saying. So for me, hopefully, it's, it's coming across as something that will, you know, stand the test of time. And, you know, there's no sugarcoating in sport. And I think that's what people get a, a lot of wrong, that you get to the Olympics and everything's done for it. It's not the, it's not the case. Uh, and the same, if you win once, winning 10 times and winning 20 times, winning 30 times, it gets harder and harder each win. And how do you deal with that pressure? How do you deal with, you know, becoming potentially the greatest pressure of all time in the future uh, that's something i aim for i don't think i've achieved it yet so i want to um you know that and i'm honest with myself and teaching other people to be honest with themselves and have a bit of a bit of a fire about them yeah well as i said mate it absolutely made sense so one question i asked last year absolutely stands out which was about the champion's mindset and i just remember you just <laughs> giving me this brilliant answer about how you know champions like yourself go through things and so, so many takeaways and, and all of that's in this book, which is is fantastic. And what's great about it is it's authentic. So it's not you making up this story just to sell a book. As I said, I've had you on the show mm. before you even had a book. So I know these are absolutely things you yeah. live by and, and you have that example. You've got quotes and, and sayings. I think one of them is, 
um, uh, what was it here? Sayings like, um, you know, always, you know, try and be better than yesterday. Things, things like that, uh, which I think are fantastic and, and really powerful. How difficult, mm-hmm. though, and this is from, a, a you know, the average Joe sitting on the line. I've got a business. I'm a swim coach. I'm a dad like you. So I've got a lot going on. How, how difficult is it? I don't have as much as you, that's for sure, but I've got a lot going on. How difficult is it to keep those values and uphold those each day? Because it can't be easy. I know you're doing it. Obviously, you're succeeding, but it can't be easy. I think you just take each day as it comes. Honestly, you know, I have that phrase, obviously, be better than yesterday. Um, but just take each day as it comes. Obviously, I look at my calendar at the start of the week. Uh, I've got that there. I've got that there. I've got to play with that one. Um, but really, I just live day to day. I'm not... Because what's the point in thinking about the future? What is the point in thinking about the past? Uh, obviously, we learn from our experiences. We learn and try not to make the same mistakes we've made before. That's just how the human brain is developed um, over millions of years. Um, but also in the future, I think a lot of people get anxious about the future. And, you know, rightly so, the, the world is seeming more tense than ever. So, uh, yeah. but <clears throat> learning to switch that off and truly live that, um, I think you can be free. Because if I looked at my life and go, oh, I've got this, I've got that to do, I've got that, that to do, uh, week by week or month by month, I wouldn't really get anything done because I wouldn't be in the moment. I wouldn't be in the present. And I think being in the present just gives you so much peace uh, with yourself because you don't worry. Uh, and even if the thing with worrying as well, that people worry about things they can't control. And I'm like, what is the point in worrying about something you cannot control? Uh, and like-minded, you know, if you can do something about it, then good, because you can do something about it. Um, but we just, you got to think of things simply. Uh, these huge emotions which we have, which are made to protect us, anxiety, made to protect us pretty much, or put a safety net around us. Um, we can overcome these things which are, you know, consuming us, but very simply. And for me, that's just how my brain works. Yeah, well, that's a, you know, one of the things I love about this book is, you know, it is a sort of step by step way of helping you deal with those sort of things. And I don't want to give too much away about the book because obviously I want people <laughs> to go out and I want them to grab it and I want them to read it. <laughs> for themselves but uh, there was something i wanted to mention mate what what do you think about when i mentioned the word impossible to you i think impossible just a word honestly i don't want to sound like those silicon valley people <laughs> who just say you got to go get back get that positive mindset today because it's not i think that's a load of rubbish to be honest because it is hard it's tough mm. to achieve the impossible you've got to desensitize your word your feeling to it oh, that's impossible, that's impossible. And I still say it as a joke, but I believe that I can do it. If I believe something, I I will 100% do it uh, and I'll put all my energy into that. So impossible, it doesn't... People thought going under a minute for a 100-meter breaststroke was impossible, then under 59, then under 58, then under 57. So it's like you just constantly move the barrier of what people thought was impossible and it's people's perception uh, on impossible that's... It's different but it's your perception on it that is the most important yeah mate i love it and for anyone who reads the book you'll get that reference and why i asked that question the next one is very much in the same uh, vein mate being in a flow state what does that mean to you and and for the listeners out there what is adam Petey's sort of flow state um you know what what are you when you're feeling in the groove what, what does that feel like what does that look like to you in terms of your preparation and then maybe if you can going on from that have you got any advice for people trying to look for that sort of you know being in the zone for you know a different way of saying it the flow state for me is <clears throat> when everything comes naturally 
you don't really have to think about it. You're just in something you're meant to be in. So I reference the book, uh, I mean, the film by Disney, Soul. And basically, you know, where our souls are meant to be and our purpose. Um, and for me, flow state is going 100 meters breaststroke at Olympic Games or, or World Championships. I No, I don't believe anyone is better in the world than me, than that. And that's the confidence you've got to have. And that flow state for me is uh, enjoying that moment because I don't have to think about it. I, I'm just solely, stroke by stroke, there. Um, and to, to help me find that, there's been a lot of visualization. There's been a, mm -hmm. a lot of psychology, but also a lot of just reflection on myself and my purpose within the world, my society, and, you know, and reading our gifts. I'm not a religious man, but I know that I have a gift. I've got a talent for swimming. I've got a talent for pushing my body to the extreme. Uh, my lactate, for example, doesn't go higher than 12 or 11. Um, so a lot of swimmers got to 23, so I can't I really build that yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like, you know, I've got these gifts, so that flow state, I don't even have to worry about it. I identify it and I get goosebumps now thinking of it being in that moment. So mm. if you care so much about something, that is your flow state. Uh, but obviously you've got to make sure that you put the training, you put the hours in to make sure you can achieve that. Now, you mentioned that movie Soul there. Is that George's influence on what you've been watching or did, were you a fan of that? No, no, I, I just loved it. I loved yep. the, how a, a cartoon especially can be so, so relatable for kids. Yeah. I think in more than ever now, we need more education around emotional intelligence around our kids and how to control their emotions, but how to make them really think. It's not about going to, obviously you've got to go to school, get an education, but what we're doing outside of that as parents to, you know, really push our kids. And I'm already having conversations with George and, you know, he can't speak. I'm like, when he's hitting us, I'm like, yeah. you can't do that. And tr treating them with respect is like a Mont Montessori approach of learning. But I think, um, you know, I'm obviously saying this now and I've heard they're not high. He's not even uh, two years old yet, but yeah, no, you, you look at your nieces and nephews as well, where you can you know potentially give education. So uh, that's what I enjoy. And, I think movie, the more movies and the more songs, the more kind of things that people watch that can kind of emphasize that the better for mental yeah. health as well. Yeah, it just makes us think. I absolutely agree, by the way. I love that movie. Charlie loves it too. Um, but she more thinks of it as the cat movie. She knows obviously the guy becomes the cat and she loves it for that reason. I don't think she really gets yeah. And she just sees the clouds and all that. She loves that. But yeah, no, absolutely. It was a great movie. Now, mate, at the beginning of the book, you tell a great story <coughs> about meeting Mel um, and what she's meant to your career and your life. What did Mel think of the book? She I don't think she's read it yet. <laughs> she's been too busy. She's been too busy. But she's obviously, you know, well done for getting it out. I'm sure she'll get back to me. Uh, but a lot of people are doing the audio book. Um, do you speak on it? I haven't actually book. heard it. Do you speak on the audio book? I do. Book I do. It's my first one. Oh. How was it? How was that experience? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it was just so long because I've not read for that long in my life. And I, I was doing words where I was like, probably. I was like, is that a word? <laughs> so it was just, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a few bits in there where I was like, I might have to do that again, but um, gladly the book is uh, in, a, in a great, great place, place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was already in the book that you wanted to be a fighter, uh, a jet fighter pilot, mate. So I've got to ask, A, is Top Gun one of your favorite movies? Do you feel the need for speed? And have you ever actually been in it, like up in as a passenger in, in a fighter pilot? As, as, as no, a but jet, I want sorry? to, I want to. Top Gun isn't one of my favorite films. I do like it, uh, but I like Pearl Harbor and the classics like uh, 
Battle of Britain and yeah. yeah, I love my old school planes. But look, I'm on my I'm on my desk now and I've got a joystick. So that's how much <laughs> I love flying. Because I need to go on the computer to fly. But I've flown a plane once, um <clears throat> and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's just uh just time, isn't it? And insurance. <laughs> yeah, or hundred percent especially now, especially now with uh, with what you got going on, mate. But yeah, that was definitely something that caught me by surprise. I've spoken to you before, but we never really got into that. So another little thing that I loved about the book, just getting to know a little bit more about you as well. And you know, I, I mentioned before, and you know, certain things are sort of pulled out of the book that I, I really, you know, resonated with me. I, as I said, I haven't read all of it yet, but there was just little things that really stood out to me, and even made me question my own life and what I'm doing and how I could be better um, i'm also a big fan of people like jordan peterson or russell brand and the way they make my brain think who who are those people for you who do you look to to sort of help sort of you you know find balance and and keep you sort of centered i honestly look to nature i think we rely a lot of a lot of time on people to make us better and rightly so you know people can be amazing people can unlock us uh, our full potential which is what I'm trying to do in this book, but mm. also nature is a, I think we need to, we've lost that connection, right? I think we've become way too involved in our screens, way too involved in all of uh, the technology that is, you know, is amazing because it saves lives. It, it helps people, but also that we rely on it now uh, and having that kind of groundness. If you walk outside the door, don't, not even take your phone. Um, and for me, I'm very lucky. I live right next to the countryside. So, and you're just walking through the fields and you start to have those conversations with yourself and that mindfulness and, you know, self-help, I guess. And, but I guess in, in terms of people, um, oh, it's a good question. It's a good question. I always say Muhammad Ali is my idol. Um, mm, just by the way, he changed his sport, by the way, he made it an entertainment industry, not mm. just performance. But I'm looking at my bookshelf now. <laughs> I've got a few of Ant Middleton's books. Uh, they're really good, I think, for me because yeah. they're quite aggressive and qu- quite a quite a good story. Yeah. Um, I need to read Barack Obama's. That's a massive book. <laughs> that's <laughs> huge. Uh, so I need some time away from that. But I love history. I think we can take a lot away from history as well. Um, yeah. You know, such as Alexander the Great. Uh, people and figures in life where. No, they come along once every time, uh, you know, maybe a few thousand years, but and it seems like every day someone's coming out, <laughs> kind of, because uh, obviously social media now. So yeah, it's um, you know, the world is changing, right? The world is changing. No, mate, I love it absolutely. And as I said, you know, for for me, and I think for a lot of people as they read this book, your book will be one of those that they can attach themselves to and not sort of live, you know, page by page by. It's not the Bible, but if anyway, it can just sort of give guidance and give little, as you said, just little bits of of um, advice here and there. And I think it's certainly something you can always go back to and and just read, and you're always going to get something out of it. Even you know, as I said, I haven't read all of it, but from what I've read, I, I think it's going to be um, definitely something for that. Now. I, I know we're time poor, so I want to get to a, just a little bit of, you know, your swimming uh, mate in Tokyo. And as I said, congratulations on defending, you know, the men's 100-meter breaststroke. Um, I, I'm curious, though, training-wise, as you know, I'm a coach, so I'm always curious about training and stuff. You know, five years since the last time, you know, you did it in Rio, you know, obviously physical changes, life changes. Did training have to adapt to that? What was training like? Obviously, we know COVID hit and you were training in a, in the, you know, in the backyard, in the spa. Um, what was, what were changes did you, did you look at doing in the lead up to Tokyo, if any? I think it's keeping it fresh. 
uh, keeping a stimulus there. I respond very well to different stimulus, um, so change of environment. So obviously we couldn't do that. Normally we come out to the Gold Coast for seven weeks a year. Couldn't do that. Couldn't go on to training camps. The only time we went abroad was to Budapest to race uh, yep. Europeans. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I just knew I had to get across the line. There was no kind of question. There was no answer to my questions and, oh, can I make this easier? Can we go abroad? It just didn't exist. So just being tough, being really tough through that time was was going to help. Um, but in terms of physiology, physiology, yeah, physiology, yeah. <laughs> I can't even say it. This is what I mean with audiobook. I've had to do that five times. Mate, I read the book. Some of those words in there, I couldn't even pronounce myself reading it. So you're doing better than me. That's for sure. I know. But (laughs) the, uh, no, there's a lot of, uh, and we just said we need more speed, we need more power. uh, But I probably lost a bit too much muscle in the run up to the Olympics. So I need to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Um, But also, I need to do this year, I need to do more with less. You know, Um, you know, you rely too much on the data, you rely too much on, everything working for you when really the core should be working just as hard, if not harder than everything else that comes along. So Mm. that's what I've identified now. Well, that's a, um, that's a dangerous proposition for everyone out there after you've just won the Olympics to, to say that there's definitely still things you're heading back into to even get better, mate. And I rewatched. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be swimming. If I knew I couldn't get better. There's not, there's nothing. The only thing that keeps me in the sport is getting better. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can keep it in for the sponsors, you keep it in for the winning, you can keep it in for everything else. But for me, the thing that keeps me here is just getting better each day. Yeah, as I said, and even just going back to the book, there's a lot of those lessons in there, which which I absolutely love. And I, I rewatched The 100 from Tokyo today. Uh, and I saw, I, I didn't notice it when I watched it live, but I saw a cheeky little stare off moment between you and Kaminga before you got up on the mm-hmm. blocks. Is this just me noticing things and reading too much into it? Or is this that sort of mindset that you need to have before you go into, to choose, to take the, the word, the gladiator mindset to, to battle in the hundred? Is that something that you're conscious of? Or was that just actually in the moment where you looked at me like, oh, he's looking at me. So Yep, this is happening. No, I do. I do that every time. I do that every time. If yep. someone's looking at me, I look it back. You know, <laughs> I sport. Uh, but I write about that in my epilogue, that whole experience, and um, you know how you know how it can affect people, how it can you know affect an athlete in a, in, a, in a certain extent. But for me, when I'm on the block, you've got to honestly, like Mike Tyson, for example, says, "The closer and closer I get to the ring, the more I become a god." So the closer I get to those blocks, the more I'm a god. You've got to believe that. You've 100% got to believe that. And it's not an arrogant thing because the conversation is with yourself. Yeah. And people who may interpret that, oh, he's you know, just arrogant, he believes that, whatever. But I'm like, yeah, but you know, you're not in that position. So you'd probably never know with all due respect. And yeah. you know, you've got to, swimming has got to go in a way where there's more of that because it's entertaining. Mm. Um, if you look at any sport, which is entertaining, you have the rivalry. You have the class, you have the the prestigiousness of that. And I think we have that. We have that, but it needs to be amplified now. People, swimmers need to not be so nice. <laughs> um, but I, I know that because it's like, you know, people want to read into that. People want to have that story and people want to believe in those rivalries. So it's, uh, yeah, just, uh, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, you've got to read it. You've got to read it because I don't want to do it a uh, I don't want to do it uh, injustice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as you, I said before, I don't want to give too much away. But you're 100% right. 
Uh, if you look back at Tokyo, some of the biggest races, in t- certainly from an Australian point of view, mate, was, you know, Chalmers versus uh, Dressel, you know, that rivalry had been built up. I know they're good mates outside of the pool, but certainly, you know, when it when they dive in, it, it's all, you know, it's all guns blazing. Ariane versus Katie Ledecky, that's all guns blazing. So I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of that's where our sport needs to go. If you look at certain races, and as I said, from an Australian point of view, they were certainly ones that were were highlighted because of that. Um, but you hit the wall first, 57-3. Uh, wasn't your fastest, but certainly strong and, and dominating. You celebrate on the lane rope. Give me an insight into what's your mindset at that point. Is that, you know, a, an accumulation of what we've spoken about in the whole year that you'd been through? Or maybe five years, really. Let's go back because it's been a five-year prep. Mm. Is that everything, you know, sort of coming into your mind at that one time? What's going through your head at that moment? Have you seen Green Mile? I have, but I probably don't know it well enough to, to know where you're going to go with it's this. Basically, <laughs> when um, when he basically all these bugs come out of his mouth or whatever, it's like a thingy. That was that moment where all my I'm trying to just visualize it for the, yeah. the listener that all the kind of times where you doubted yourself, all the all the nerves, all the kind of things we went through, all the times I was training in my back garden uh, when I didn't want to, um, and you know, the extremely hard journey it took to get there. That was the kind of uh, the visualization for me that I screamed and all those things came out of me because it didn't matter anymore that you could let go. Um, so I think the the emotion on that side of things, when I got on the lane rope, was like, you know what? This is my race. This is my time in this moment. There's no better feeling than it. Uh, but also a lot of relief, a lot of relief that, you know, everything you've done to that moment still paid off because let's be honest, other than swimming people, you're not going to remember the time. Mm. Um, so you're going to always remember the gold medal and you know I, I did that and yes I do I wish I swam faster of course everyone does but you learn through that process you learn through that process definitely Yeah, and well, I still mate. went 56.5 in the 56.5 in the relay so that was my fastest uh, ever <laughs> one so I know my training wasn't worse off I just probably started to meet a little bit differently because there was so much pressure on that moment yeah, oh, 100%, mate. And I have to get you on to really sort of get into that. As I said, I know I'm looking at the clock, so I don't, I don't want to keep you too long, but I've got like a thousand more questions on that whole preparation and your heats and your semis. But I'll, I'll digress, mate. I'll move on to another question I want to hit you with, which was Mel Marshall's coaching success in Tokyo. From As a fan of hers, as a coaching fan of hers, I thought she, she had a tremendous um, meet as a coach. You look at Anna Hopkins, you look at Luke Greenbank. How proud were you? Obviously, you know, she's your coach, but you two are a good mate. So that must have been uh, a good moment mm. for you watching her be successful as well. Um, obviously, you killing it and that doesn't make her less of a coach. But from an outsider's perspective, when you look at it, Anna, you're looking at like Luke uh, and then as a team, you know, that training program succeeding, that's only got to uh, look good for Mel as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously, I've been with Mel a long time. I've seen a lot of people come and go. A lot of people who couldn't take the work. Um, so to see that some people are now uh, performing, such as Luke and Anna, and a few more coming through, it's great to obviously be part of that. And um, you know, a lot of people say that our oh, Mel's only got me, but they can't say that now. Uh, that you know, there's there's more more and other athletes coming through and uh, very talented. Uh, but it's, it's re- really about obviously finding the right people for that group because you've got to work extremely hard and. Not many people want to do that these days. So <laughs> it's, uh, you've got to, yeah, I think over the next seven years, especially, we're going to see a lot more talent come through. And hopefully that, 
you know, she becomes more successful because she deserves it. She works extremely hard, but she always puts the, the person before the athlete, which is, is more important. Well, absolutely, mate. As I said, I'm a fan of hers as a coach. And, um, you know, I've had Anna Hopkin on the podcast a few times as well. So I was really sort of, you know, excited for her to see her success over there. And, uh, mate, I've, I've got a couple of more questions before we wrap this up. Obviously, Paris 2024, there's two years, you know, in planning to go. Motivation moving forward. It's obviously a question that I'm sure you get quite a lot given the success you've had in the sport and sort of people who don't have that mindset that I, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, only a select few have, like myself, I don't have it. So this is why I'm always like, what's next for you? You've already killed it. You've already, you know, established yourself. What's next on your plan of attack over the next three years? Or are you sort of not at that point yet and you're sort of just taking it day by day and slowly building back into it? I haven't debriefed from Tokyo, honestly. I haven't really took anything in um, because I haven't been on holiday, which I do plan to do in the next few weeks. Um, oh, very nice, mate. Wait, what's, what's the holiday looking like? What are you doing? Are you getting away? Just chilling at home? Anywhere that's doing? easy to get into. I'll take anywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to be honest, um, you know, the debriefs take time. Uh, I remember after Rio, it took a whole year, pretty much, uh, just to think, oh, that was that, that. That's who I am now. That's what's this. It's going to take a little bit quicker now because I'm used to performing. I'm used to all that kind of stuff. So it's um, just getting a debrief, having the honest conversations, sometimes hard conversations, having those uh, with the staff, with the people around me. So this did work, this didn't work. You need to work harder on this. I need more of that. Uh, because the best athletes have to project. They have to know what's good for them instead of relying on everyone else to do it for them. Um, so those conversations will be had in the next few weeks, definitely before Christmas, and then we'll attack January, um, burn, start burning the logs, and pretty much hopefully get a fire going for May, and then uh, put more logs on, <laughs> go for Commonwealths and Europeans. So three championships next year, mm. but I intend to uh, do what I do at all those championships, and uh, hopefully have the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, it's definitely it's going to be a busy year next year for for all swimmers, but. Um, you know, just having this chat to you with you made its mouth watering, you know, getting ready to, to see you get back in action and switch gears back into athlete mode. Now, mate, before I give us the send off here, if I if we haven't sold the book already to people, which I hope we have, I hope during this conversation, people have really got around it. Gladiator mindset. Give, you know, us a why should people head out to the bookstores or jump online and purchase their copy today? I think, uh, well, hopefully my performances in the past have given them enough to the why, why they should go and buy it. I, I'm not going to stay here and quote a quote of, oh, you need to go buy this because of this quotes in it. Yeah. I just think if you believe in performance and you believe in bettering yourself, then go buy it. Don't buy it. I, you know, it doesn't make a difference to me. It makes a difference to you. So I think, uh, I'd hope people want to get better and through listening to me for you know the last half an hour that my mind works in a very different way to a lot of people. And, Hopefully they get an insight to that. But also the most powerful thing for me is not the performance, but understanding why I do it and the story behind me. And I think that's a great reason for people to invest in that. 
Absolutely. And as I've said before on, on this chat, um, you know, so much stuff about process orientated things through here that, as I said, even if you're not going out to be an Olympic champion in the 100 breaststroke, you can apply it to work, you can apply it to school, you can apply it to if you're a soccer player or whatever it might be. Of course, of course, um, yeah. Because there's a lot of that process orientated stuff in there, which I resonated with a lot. And as I said, I even wrote down a few things that I need to get back on track for my own life, uh, which can quite sometimes get way out of balance with work. But um, uh, mate, I want to thank you very much for coming on again. Um, you know, I'm not saying this just to kiss your ass, but you are a true, genuine legend of our sport. I'm very always humbled that you take the time to come on. I, th I remember the first time when someone said, yeah, Adam, Pete is happy to have a chat with you. I was like, bloody, okay, yep, all right, we're on. <laughs> so I was blown away. Um, it's mate, funny you say that because yeah. I, just, I just think I'm a normal guy that just is good at swimming, so... <laughs> Well, mate, you absolutely transcend that, I think. And that's one of the things that, you know, I admire most about you. Yes, you're a tremendous breaststroker, but one of the things that I think for me puts you at the top of the breaststroke list is you transcend that. It's not just Adam Peaty, the breaststroker. I think you're an absolute superstar. Um, so make sure you head out and, uh, and get this book. For the listeners off the blocks, we're going to be actually doing a bit of a, a free giveaway uh, obviously not free they've got to win a competition to get the books but we're going to be doing a bit of a giveaway on the podcast so make sure you you check out that mate but until next time we chat again and i hope we do because i really do enjoy our chats thanks for coming on again best of luck with all the book stuff best of luck getting back into training um, regards to the family um, and uh, thanks for coming on thank you thanks for having me cheers mate today's episode is proudly brought to you as always by pro swim workouts and we thank them for their continued support of the podcast in 2021. Also want to say thank you to Arena Australia and Arena NZ for their continued support of the podcast as well as DMC Fins who came on board this year to support the podcast as a sponsor. Thank you for coming on board. We look forward to working with you all again in 2022. Well, guys, it is time to say goodbye from Off The Blocks for 2021. And I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to all our very, very special guests this year to coming on board, sharing your amazing stories. You're all legends in my book, and I cannot wait to have another chat with you again next year. Also, a massive thank you to Bobby Hurley, Shannon Rollison, and the OTB crew for coming on board this crazy ride that is off the blocks in 2021. Loved having you being a part of the show. I think you guys added so much to uh, the show and, and the listeners absolutely loved it and look forward to working with you again next year. And finally, to the listeners from all around the world that download our podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you all so much. You have been amazing to us here on Off The Blocks from day one over three years ago now, and we can't wait to bring you more content in 2022. So until next year, guys, have a very happy and safe Christmas and New Year's. Enjoy your time with your loved ones, and we'll see you all again in 2022 on the original swimming podcast, Off The Blocks Swimming Podcast.